Praise the Lord. Amen. How many believe that this morning? If you're here, look at somebody around you and tell them God's not done with you. Amen. Uh, if he was done with you, praise the Lord. I think we'd all know it. And I'm glad that God takes us wherever we're at and whatever circumstances we're being and whatever background we've come up in. He'll change our lives and he'll make us vessels of honor this morning for the kingdom and glory of God. Amen. How many just want to stand with me all over the church for a moment as we get into the scripture and just take just a moment to just praise God one more time this morning. God, we praise you for your excellent goodness in our life the marvelous grace of God. I'm just so thankful today. I told somebody this morning, a couple of folks this morning, I said, and I'm just picking when I say this, uh, somewhat, but then somewhat not. I said, I've got to come behind two scholars. And uh, Bishop, that's hard to come behind two scholars. So we're back to mediocrity. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but let's give God thanks for the messages that were brought by Dr. Dan Woods and Dr. Terry Trammell. We're so grateful for them, and I appreciate them standing in and filling in for me. They always have a word from God. It's in seasons, on time. And, uh, and, and will touch your heart if you'll just listen to what God brings through them. We're grateful for that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, if you will, to 1 Peter chapter 6, verses 5, excuse me, 6. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 11. I want to read some scripture found there. I'm going to try to stay up here. If I get the coffin, please, I'm not contagious. So, uh, you know, y'all just pray for me if I... If I get a little coffee, I'm going to press on through this. Uh, as I was trying to recuperate in these last few days, God uh, spoke to me uh, through actually a, a, a wonderful faith movie. Uh, I can't even remember the name of the movie now because I was kind of in and out. You know how when you just don't feel good, you're just kind of listening to it, and then you're in and out, and you miss certain parts of it. This one part stood out in my mind that I picked up on. I'm going to share that with you in a few moments, but this message was inspired by this one moment in this movie of faith. The Word of God said, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, somebody shout that with me, God of all grace, may the God of all grace who called us into eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you've suffered a little while, Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. I read all of that uh, in, in context because I wanted us to understand before we pray two things. God cares for you and there's a devil loose. Amen. God cares for you. And there's a devil loose. I want to preach on this thought this morning. Give it to God. Give it to God. 
Father, we love you. We ask you, Lord, to just hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Thank you, Lord, for uh, restoring us and allowing us to be again with your people. And, Father, we've come, Lord, today to lift up that name that is above every name. We've come today, Lord, to worship you. We've come to praise you. We've come to thank you, humbling ourselves before you, God, in a way that pleases you. And today there are lives that are watching by social media. There are those that are here today. God, they need a touch in their life. They need you to speak to their heart. They need, God, direction. They need uh, your guidance. And I pray by the Holy Spirit this morning that you would take my mind and clear it. Anoint, Father, this vessel and speak, God, to your people. Lord, I pray that if there is sickness in the house, if there are those that are needing a touch of healing by uh, social media, Lord, that they would begin to reach up and give it to you today. And, and Lord, Lord, just surrender, Father, to the grace that you're able to provide for them. And, Lord, to meet all their needs in Jesus' name. We ask you, God, all these things, Father, because we know that you care for us. And, Lord, we know you desire for us the goodness of your grace and your love. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. You can be seated in the house of the Lord as you are uh, look around at somebody around you and tell them God cares for you. Amen. What a wonderful thought this morning of how God cares for you. And then look around at somebody and tell them, yet there's a devil on the loose. <laughs> I'm going to get through this. There's a devil on the loose. Uh, uh, that is working in the uh, evil realm of darkness. But I want you to know this morning that we, when we put our faith in God, don't have to worry about those evil works of darkness, amen, because our Lord is able to keep us and sustain us through it all. This morning I want to talk to you for a few moments about some things as we enter this message today that I think we sometimes take for granted. Somebody just lift your arm, if you will. Amen. There's a natural ability for you to do that this morning. Would you agree? You didn't have to think about or maybe you didn't think about God giving you necessarily giving you the ability to lift your hand. Some of you got up this morning, even though you thank God for another day, you rolled out of your bed and you didn't think anything much really about putting your feet on the ground and walking into the kitchen, fixing you a cup of coffee and then just getting ready for church, whatever the case may be, or whatever you've done, but you, you just uh, naturally naturally knew that you had the ability to do it, although and albeit it was a God-given ability. How many know this morning, no matter how natural your ability was, God gave it to you? Can somebody shout yes? No, how, I don't care how natural it was, God gave it to you. Sometimes it becomes natural to eat, but God gave you the ability to eat. It becomes natural to walk, but God gave you the ability to walk. It becomes natural to run, but God gave you the ability to run. It becomes natural to pick up this 
this bottle of water and for me to drink it at any time, and I probably will here in just a few moments, but it, it, it sometimes and often we don't understand. We forget about the natural ability we have and it being given us from God, and the danger of that is, is forgetting God is that we become somewhat self-dependent in our journey. Amen? How many can testify to the fact that I've been self you've been self-dependent in your journey? Amen? You didn't mean to be, but you just find yourself dealing with life and, and just trying to go through the motions and, and handle things, if you will. Yeah, you went to God in prayer, but, uh, but you found yourself holding on to some things, uh, hallelujah, today that sometimes we just don't realize in the moment, and sometimes it takes us a space uh, of time to realize uh, that that thing is bigger than our natural ability. God gave us natural ability, uh, yet there are some things this morning that are out of our wheelhouse, if you will, this morning. Uh, there are things that we naturally know we can do ourselves, uh, and yet there are circumstances that come our way. Sometimes it's unbeknownst to us. Uh, anybody ever had something happen to you, never thought it would happen in your life. Uh, you never thought you'd go through it in your life. Uh, the enemy was at work, but God cares for you. And, uh, and so you begin to think about uh, these unbeknownst things that come to your life and, and come to affect you and come to shake you and, and come to weigh you down. These things sometimes we struggle with because we forget that we have natural abilities that are limited and we need a higher authority over our life that is able to help us to overcome those things that our natural ability does not give us. Come on, somebody ought to praise God right now. The things that we can't do. I just got to think about this. This I believe I could preach for a week. I tell you, I believe this morning we need to realize and remind ourselves that there are some things that just because you wake up in the morning, you are not sufficient within yourself to face without God. You need him. You need his intervention. You need him. We're dependent on God for everything in our life, even our natural ability today. Amen. Put somebody and tell them you need God just to go down to the grocery store. Come on, somebody. You need God to go clock in on your job. You need God to get out your bed every morning. You need God to lay your head down at night and rest. You need God for your natural abilities. But let's go a little bit further than that. You need God this morning for those things that the enemy brings your way that are out of your wheelhouse. There's a God who nothing is out of his wheelhouse. He is very willing and able to move in your life today. I want to look at some things today as we try to attend. We try to attempt to hold on to those things that are out of our wheelhouse, leaning on our flesh and on our natural abilities yeah, because it has become normal sometimes to just live in those natural abilities of God some things that God did not give us the natural ability to resolve. Oh, glory. 
some things that have come in the form of attack from your enemy. Your adversary, the devil, he came to tempt to devour you, and he positioned you. And there's two things that you will decide within your life. Whenever I'm faced with things that are bigger than me, Am I going to face it in self-dependency, which is futile, or am I going to face it by casting my care upon the Lord? Am I going to give it to God today? See, there's some things that, that people are, are, are missing in their journey because the enemy has blinded them and they, they've become uh, uh, to a place of confusion, leaning on the natural abilities within themselves, but never ever seeing victory within their life. And today God sent me by here to tell somebody it's time to give it to him. It's time to give it to God some things, as I said before, that are out of our wheelhouse. They're not out of God's wheelhouse. And I was laying there on the couch trying to recuperate this past couple of weeks, and I heard a voice as a man was looking for some kind of help and hope, and he was doing everything he could to rebel against the hope that God was providing for him. And he went to a uh, boxing place where they practice boxing and work out. And there was a guy there that owned the, the ring. And he walked up to him and he began to share with him how important it was for him to trust God in his life and in his circumstance. And the man didn't want to trust God. He felt like he had the ability within himself to handle it himself, to fix things himself. And so the man looked at him and he said, let me tell you this. He said, just put yourself in this position for a minute. He said, think about you are in the fourth quarter of a basketball game. You have 10 seconds. The ball is in your hands and you're not close enough to tie the game. You're two points behind. You need a three-pointer, and Michael Jordan is standing right next to you. Boy, that thing got my attention. Something leaped up in my spirit. I'm coming down here, but I'm going to try to stay distance. But I feel the Holy Ghost. You know how you're just listening to something, but then all of a sudden something just gets in your spirit? I said, my Lord, have mercy. What a powerful thought. I said, here he is. He's in the fourth quarter, 10 seconds left. For those of you who don't know anything about uh, basketball, that's critical. You got 10 seconds to get that ball in the basket and win the game. Now, you're two points behind, so you need that proverbial three-pointer to win the game. So that means you've got to be back behind the three-point line and you've got to be prepared and you've got to have the ability to put the ball in the basket even under pressure. But on the side of you, standing next to you, is a man by the name of Michael Jordan who's done it a thousand times. Come on, somebody. 
And you're going to look over at Michael Jordan and you're going to say, well, Michael, I got this. Amen to God. And you're going to risk taking a chance when you've got more of a chance of Michael Jordan scoring the winning basket. Let me go ahead and tell somebody, you've got a God that if you'll put it in his hands, he's more than able to bring you victory in your life today. There are many that are holding on to that proverbial ball. They are continuing to try to play the game of life. And they don't realize at any moment they could lose if they make the wrong move. But it's time to give it to God today. For he is bigger than your Michael Jordan. Amen. He's bigger than your devil. He's bigger than your pressure. He's bigger than your circumstance. He's bigger than your brokenness. He's big. Come on, somebody. Give him glory in this house. He is bigger. Give it to him. When you many were saying, I'm going to ask you three questions. Y'all thought I was going to preach for two hours, but I'm not. I want to ask you three questions this morning. Many people would ask, why should I give it to God? Because all of us in here, most of us, we can testify how good God's been to us. Amen. I remember the time when in darkness I wandered on the mountain of sin. I traveled so long, but the Savior came down and he spoke to me gently. Hallelujah. I can tell you now the time, I can take you to the place where the Lord saved me by his wonderful grace. Then there's many of you can say, I can take you to the place. I know the time when God touched my body and he healed me. Uh, some of us may stand up and say, I can tell you the time when God saved my children. He answered my prayers. Some of you could say, I could tell you the time this morning that God, if he had not intervened in my life, I don't know what I'd have done, but God moved in my life. But there's some people out there that don't have that testimony. They're bitter. They're frustrated. Life didn't work out the way they thought it would. They are struggling with some things. And they would ask, why should I give it to God? I had people tell me in my life that God's stuff don't work for me. I've got people in my family that think that God stuff don't work for me. I've got a cousin when my dad was, when we had his funeral, the pastor was preaching, and I mean he was preaching heaven come down and glory was filling my soul as tears rolled down my face. And I had a, a cousin that sat back in, he was a pallbearer, and he was laughing the whole time the preacher was preaching. I thought to myself, son, if you only knew the goodness of God, if you could only taste of his goodness, if you could only understand God cares for you, if you only understood how much God loved you, 
you wouldn't be laughing right now. You'd be rejoicing in the Lord for his grace over your life. There are people today who are rebelling against God because they simply don't think God works for them. Many don't even believe God really exists. But the word of God said if you seek him, you'll find him. When you seek him with all your heart. So something needs to happen within your life with a God ordained that brings you to a place of realization that you need to seek him. And so I find within my spirit that there are many that have a question of why should I give it to God? Because in the grand scheme of things, David said it in Psalm chapter 40, verse 17, I am poor and I'm needy. Amen. Touch somebody around you and tell them you need Jesus. Without him, we're poor and we're needy. Amen. Yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh God. David recognized as he was going through this particular time in his life, amen, that he needed God more to move in him and in his circumstances more than he needed a drink of water. He was at the mercy of God. And I want to tell you, every man, woman, boy, and girl today is at the mercy of God. For every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God to the glory of God. We're all at the mercy of God. We're at the mercy of his salvation. We're at the mercy of his healing. We're at the mercy of his guiding us. We're at the mercy of his grace. I'm at the mercy. I can't have it just because I want it alone. I'm at his mercy, which means by faith and by humility, I'm able to attain that which he has provided for me. Man, give me about two hours anyway. That's good stuff. And so, David recognized it was bigger than a drink of water. He was at the mercy of God. There are things you simply need to give to God because you're insufficient without him. What is that? Well, let me, let me name just three examples. Number one, maybe today you need to give your life to him because you're insufficient to save yourself. You can't do it. Maybe today you need to give your troubles to him. Maybe today you need to give your family or friends over to him. You've been holding these things. These are just some examples, some things that you've been holding on to, trying to fix and trying to navigate and trying to orchestrate. But you can't fix it. Only God can. It's all at the mercy of our Lord. David understood that I'm poor and needy. I can't fix this. I can't save myself. I have a natural ability, but I can't do it. 
Then he recognized that the Lord cared for him. He said, Lord, I'm poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh about me. How many knows that you're on the Lord's mind? I don't care if you're a sinner or a saint. You're on the Lord's mind. God cares for you. <laughs> we should give it to God because, amen, sometimes in spite of how we may feel, the truth is God cares for us. There are people out there that reject the thought that God works for them. But in spite of that, God cares for them. It's that enemy, that vigilant enemy that is doing all he can to convince humanity that God doesn't care. And when trouble comes, the first thing that the enemy wants to do is capitalize on a feeling. Amen. COVID came and more people are walking by feeling and fear than faith. Problems come and people are walk by feeling rather than walk by faith. Life hits them and they walk by feeling rather than faith. Think about this for a moment. How often do we forget that God cares for us whether we're struggling with COVID or whether we're struggling with cancer, whether we're lost and undone and on our way to hell, whether life has happened to us and handicapped us physically and taken natural ability from us, nothing shall separate us from the love of God or his ability today. Give it to God. I know people that life happened to them. Amen. Maybe they were paralyzed physically, not able to go on. And I've seen people on both sides of the coin. Some walked by faith and they became great, great, great vessels of God that brought honor and glory to him because they gave it to God. I can't move my legs anymore, but I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to worship him from this wheelchair. I'm going to preach his name from this wheelchair. I know I was hit by a drunk driver and it messed my world up, but God's still God. If he don't raise me up out of here, I'm still going to praise him. I come to tell somebody, come on now. And there's some that the enemy came in, wreaked havoc. He stepped into your home, and he wreaked havoc into your home, and your wife went crazy, your husband went crazy, your kids went crazy, and your whole house turned into chaos. The enemy came in, but I'm just talking to somebody who this morning knows that it's in those moments that you learn to give it to God and that you say, God, my house has been attacked, but I'm trusting you in the middle of it all to bring a calm and a restoration. Come on, somebody. I'm still going to give it to you. is caring, you'll find you're in good hands in the care of God. 
Matthew 6, 26 said, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Hallelujah. Or you have not more value than they. We look at it, all the beauty that God created, and boy, how beautiful it is. Amen. We want to make sure we got all kind of laws in place to take care of the animals and take care of all those things. We want to make sure they don't become extinct and we want to make sure they are not abused. Let me tell you something. God made something when he made man. He made it in the likeness and image of God. Hallelujah. And you're of more value. Oh, glory. You're of more value. Hallelujah, than the birds of the air in all their splendor. The Lord was the answer. David knew that. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, the Bible said, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into, and they are safe. I don't know about you, but there have been many times in my life when I've needed to run to the rock. I needed to run to the place of refuge. My soul was overwhelmed within me, but I needed to give it to God. I'll go ahead and tell you, even as a Christian, there have been times that I've struggled to give things to God. There have been times that I struggle within myself to let God have it. And I needed a refuge. I needed his place of protection. Psalm 61 and 2 said, from the end of the earth I'll cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. David knew the Lord was the answer. He knew, amen, that he he couldn't fix it on his own. He knew that it was out of his out of his wheelhouse. Why are you cast down, Psalm 43 and 5 said, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. There's a place you can go, amen. I don't care what you're going through this morning. I don't care how lost you are. I don't care how chaotic the enemy has made your life. There is a place you can go. David knew this. Hope thou in God. Why do I need to give it to the Lord? Because we're insufficient. Things get bigger than us, but it's never bigger than God. Two, how do I give it to God? Well, thank you for asking. Mm. First, we must denounce the spirit of pride. Pride. Many people have missed out on a many God thing because of pride. Pride is that which keeps us leaning on our natural ability and missing out on the intervention and interceding of God Almighty. Pride is the enemy of humility that births surrender. Proverbs 16, 18 said, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride makes it hard to let go. Pride gives a sense of self-dependency. How do we let go? We denounce 
our faith in self-dependency. We denounce pride. We humble ourselves before God. We, we denounce it. We realize, we recognize that we need God. We need Him in our life. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 said, Therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Humble yourself. The opposite of pride. Two places that God spoke to me I want to share with you. How do I give it to God? First, as I said before, we got to deal with that spirit of pride. But then we must understand that prayer is one way that we give it to God. We take it to the Lord. <coughs> me too. In prayer. Nowhere has any man ever stood taller than when he or she was down on their knees. Amen. Prayer is a place of surrendering self-dependency, amen, to a higher authority over your life. It's coming up under the umbrella and the refuge of God. Prayer is one way where you intentionally give up the struggle of holding on, amen, to God, to whatever that is that you've been holding on to that you've needed to let go of, all uh, oh, that, that, that you've been holding on to for so long, and to trust in the ability of God. Let me, let me talk about quickly Daniel. Let's talk about Daniel because Daniel was a man of prayer. How many, how many believe today that prayer was a key factor in Daniel's life? The Word of God tells us, Amen. That prayer is the is the key. Hallelujah to the kingdom of heaven and faith. We know today unlocks the door. But let's think about Daniel for a minute. Daniel had a prayer life. Daniel, Amen. Every day of his life, he gave himself away. He gave his heart away. He gave his life to God. He would do it in prayer. He gave his situations. He gave his circumstance. Somebody shout with me. I give myself away. I give it every day in prayer. Every day the enemy wants me to take it back. But every day in prayer, I give myself away. Because I need to be under the umbrella of his grace, of his guiding hand. I give it to God. Daniel knew. And so Daniel would pray. When they saw that Daniel, he man, had an excellent spirit upon him, the enemy wanted to mess up his prayer life. And so the, the king came and said, Oh, you gotta you've gotta come and petition me. You can't petition any God or anybody except me. Oh, glory. And if you do, there's a lion's den waiting for you. This will be your punishment. But let me tell you when Daniel was faced with the dilemma, he went home and he gave it to God. I want to tell you the enemy are trying to set you up, but don't you forget there's a place of prayer where you can give it to God today in your life. Somebody give him praise. Daniel gave it daily gave himself in humility unto the Lord. 
Look at somebody and say, take it to the Lord in prayer. Give whatever it is to God and leave it there. He can make a way. So we give it to God in prayer, and then we can also give it to God in praise. I'm on the other side of the mountain here. We're coming down the hill. Think about this. David said in Psalm 34, 1 through 3, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. David in Psalm 34 was dealing with the dilemma of Achish of Gath. Many call him Abimelech. He was fleeing from the presence of Saul as Saul had thrown a spear at him. and He fleed to Gath. He's standing there before the king of Gath and the king of Gath begins to make this statement. He said, David, isn't this the one they sung about? They said, David, Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his ten thousands. David began to get nervous and fear began to come over David because he did not and did not know how that the king was going to respond to him. And he was afraid that he was in the wrong place. So David played the madman. He began to go to the gates of the city and just scratch and crawl and, and just act like a madman. His spittle would fall on his beard until the king finally of Gath drove him away. And then David came as he fled from Gath. He came to the cave in Abdullam. And the word of God said that there were other faithful men that met him there. There they were. And David in Psalms 34 is dealing with the aftermath of a spear being thrown at him and, and Saul wanting to take him out, then dealing with the, 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 the disappointment of the king of Gath, the Philistine king not coming in and, and, and undergirding him and helping him. Uh, so he, he feels the pressure of everybody, it seemed like, except for just a few who've turned their back on him and the pressure of being alone and the, uh, uh, the uncertainty of his natural ability Yes, David was a mighty warrior of God, but here he was hiding out in a cave in a doulum, and he makes a statement in Psalm 34 1. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Come on, somebody. He said, my, His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In other words, things didn't work out my way, but I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to sit here in the mully grubs. I'm not going to try to handle this on my own. I'm not, come on somebody. I'm going to give it to God. Well, I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to give it to God with a praise in my mouth. I'm going to praise him at all times. Saul's trying to kill me. Abimelech drove me away. I found no refuge there, but I'm going to bless him anyway. I got up this morning, hallelujah, with some bad news, but I'm still going to praise him. 
things didn't work out the way I wanted them to, but I'm going to give it to God anyway. My children ain't saved yet. Oh, but glory to God, your praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. I ain't been healed yet, but I'm still going to bless the Lord. I've been under pressure, but I'm still going to lift the name of Jesus. I'm going to give it to God in praise. You don't know. You don't know. Come on, somebody. You don't know how I come up in here. Amen. And the pressure that come upon me, but I just could not wait to get into the sanctuary of God because I knew that not only through prayer, but through praise, I would cast my care upon the Lord because he cares for me. Stand with me if you will, please. In the spirit, I heard somebody say, thank you, Lord. Let me ask you something. Did you really hear this morning what God is saying? Some of you today are in the last quarter. Got just a 10 seconds, maybe just a few seconds, whatever time you have. You're trying to hold on to this thing. You're trying to hold on to the ball. You're trying to do it in your natural ability. But this morning God told me to come by and tell you, He's standing right next to you. Put it in his hands. Put it in his hands. Don't take no chance. Because God makes no mistakes. Don't take any chances holding on to things you can't do nothing about. Give it to God. Why should I give it to God? Because we're insufficient without him. How? Do I give it to God by denying pride, humbling ourselves in prayer, and giving praise to God in spite of, and then thirdly and lastly, when should I give it to God? Well, I'd say right about now. I'd say time is of the essence. I'd say this morning we don't have time to play with the time we have left in our lives. I would say this morning, if you're lost and undone without God and you've been, been just living life and, and thinking you didn't need God this morning, now you realize, oh, you do need him. We all do. <laughs> you can't save yourself and you don't guarantee, you're not guaranteed enough time in your lifespan to have another opportunity. When should I give my life to God? Today is the day of salvation. Don't hesitate. Whether you're watching by social media, when is the day? Hey, right now. When is the time? Right now. Don't wait till tomorrow. I'll wait till next Sunday. I'll wait till I get through going through my sowing my wild oats. Hey Amen. You can sow your wild oats right on into hell. You don't have time to wait till tomorrow. 
You can't fix it. Well, preacher, life's good for me. We've got this. We've got everything's just going well. Everything's going I pray God will mess you up so you'll look up. But I'd rather you be messed up here than lifted up there. Now's the time. Don't wait another minute. Don't carry it another step. Whatever it is you're carrying, unforgiveness. Maybe it's some burdens that the enemy has brought in your life. Maybe it's some problems and issues that you've been trying to fix and you just you just had a hard time. You've been dealing with the natural ability and, and it's just become a common thing as if you would just get out of your bed and deal with it. And, and the thing is, is it's out of your wheelhouse. This morning, there's a God who is able to score the winning basket in your life. His name is not Michael Jordan. It's not Tom Brady. It's not any of the greatest athletes you live. It's Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Over 2,000 years ago, he won the war. We've had a lot of battles, but the war is already won. When? Now. Why? Because we're insufficient without him. Come on, somebody. Psalm 3 and 3 said, But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. In closing, I would like to say to you, that I don't want you to leave this place or turn off your TV and just forget about this message. This message was for you in some way. You say, well, I'm a Christian preacher. Yeah, but there's a lot of Christians that are messed up these days trying to fight pride and hold on to things on their own. And that's where the greatest struggle in the churches come from. We try to overcome not people, pride, spirits, things that people have got themselves attached to. They need to let it go. Let it go. Division right now. There's a lot of division in churches. There's a lot of division in the world. It's creeped up in the churches over opinions and and over things. It's crazy. It's crazy. I love you whether you got the jab or whether you didn't. Come on, somebody. I love you whether you're lost or whether you're saved. Amen, somebody. I love you. Amen. Even if you've done me wrong, I still love you. Does it mean it don't hurt? No. I didn't say it didn't hurt, but I still love you. Jesus hurt all the way to the cross, but he still loved us. Oh, hallelujah. When do I give it to God? Right now. Father, I ask you to let this word, God, that you have sent forth today just to permeate in the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl that has taken time to surrender to your word today and to hear it and, Lord, to embrace it. God, I ask you today that you would allow them to come to a decisive decision to give it to you. Lord, if they're lost, that they would give their heart to you today. 
God, if they're holding on to unforgiveness or holding on to things that are bigger than them, that they would give it to you today, that they would lay it at your feet and leave it there. Father, I pray, God, that it it has become uh, so increased within their mind that very phrase, give it to God. And, Father, that they would see the power of your love and grace as they have done that today. You say, Preacher, this morning I want to give it to God. Every head's bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around for a moment. I'm not going to keep you long. I want to say thank you for coming today. Thank you for, for, for walking by faith and coming back to the house of God. Thank you. We're so glad you're here. We thank you, our visitors. We thank you and pray that you'll come back and be with us again, not because we're trying to to fill up our pews, but because God cares for you, and so do we. But right now, I want to ask you if there's anybody, every head's bowed, every eye closed, anybody in this building that would say, Preacher, I'm giving it to God, whether it's your life, whether it's your heart, whether you're going to accept Him, His great salvation, whether you're going to, to let some things go, some pains of the past, some hurts of the past, some challenges that have come your way that are bigger than you. If you say this morning, I'm giving it to God, I want you to just lift your hand right where you're at. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. God God has shown you some things in your life today that you would say, Preacher, I know that I need to give it to God, and I choose right now decisively to give it to Him in faith. Father, we come in prayer, and we join God in faith with those who have lifted their hand this morning and said, I give it to you, O God. I give my life to you. Lord, I give my problems to you. I give my challenges to you. And Lord, I thank you for moving Father in my life by faith help me to trust you and not to pick it up Lord but to daily as Daniel did give it all to you Lord I pray that we would begin to see the joy of our giving it to you in the immediate future and we'll rejoice and testify of what it means to give it all to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Did God speak to your heart today? If he did, give him a big praise. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you for your prayers. Look at somebody around you and tell them God is good all the time. Please remember 6 o'clock tonight. As we prepare for the sanctification class and other classes, love on your neighbor. Amen. God bless you. We love you.